Do jam. it. Let's jam. Okay, great. At CB Rights Copy Client Ascension.com. We're going to rename this the Client Ascension Show because <laughs> it seems like every single episode I end up talking about Client Ascension or have someone on from Client Ascension. Even if they're not from Client Ascension, I still end up talking about Client Ascension. <laughs> There's a reason. Like, you guys have just figured out the best offer. Like, everything about the offer is absolutely perfect the execution the marketing the ads on twitter everything's perfect and as i always tell andre like i'm always just in awe of the the execution of that so congrats man thanks for being here good to have you on christian how do you say your last name bonnier bonnier yeah it's bon it's bonnier it got americanized i'm french i'm french canadian so it was bonnier Uh, i said it the fancy survive Yeah, didn't survive through the generations, but it's okay. Christian Bonnier. Kind of wish it did, though. I might need to bring it back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you can decide, man. Like, you can just, just, hey, like, this is probably the way my name was pronounced ages ago. Like, I'm going to tell people, like, this is what it is. It's not lying. Like, it's it's probably true. Like, you could decide right now if you want to say that's your last name for the rest of time. That would be pretty cool. I think once I have kids, I'll tell them that's how it is. And then in three generations, it'll go back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's dive into it, man. Like, where were you five years ago today? Damn. Five years ago. Not like literally like today, the date of our recording, but you know what I'm talking about. Where were you in life? Okay. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, I was actually wrapping up my senior year of high school five years ago, which is equally crazy to think about because one, I can't believe it's already been five years since high school. I feel like I just was in high school going yeah, to my senior been, senior been prom and for me <laughs> sitting at the lunch table with the boys. And now yeah. I'm, you know, in Florida running a business, which I did not have in my future plans that at that time, but, you know, grateful to be where I am. So yeah, five years ago, I was just a Typical high school kid, you know, enjoying his senior year of high school, driving his old beat up Ford car that, you know, I got for 600 bucks. Yeah, man. Vastly different from where I am today, but I think I'm still pretty much the same person that I was five years ago. So what was the plan at that point? At that time, I was already decided on where I was going to go to college. So that was already taken care of. And I was just going to be an accounting major and, you know, get a, a, a corporate job at some New York City office and that was going to be it. So I'm not, not saying there's anything, you know, wrong with that, but knowing what I know now, I'm very grateful that I, you know, chose the path of running a business and online yeah. entrepreneurship and meeting all the homies, like working with my best friends and a bunch of people I love to hang out with. So it's been definitely I'm grateful for the totally. path I chose. I started out an accounting degree as well. Never actually got into those classes or anything. Cause as you, as you know, a few years of general education classes, but anyhow, you were going to, you finished, account- did you finish yeah. school? I did. Yeah. Nice. I, I did the full four years exactly for it. Didn't take any more or any less. And I just worked on, whatever business I was working on at the time all throughout, yeah. you know, classes, I was always on my computer 
pretending to take notes. Not really pretending that hard. Every, all the teachers yep. knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Did you finish? Yeah, I did. I did finish. What? I actually, yeah, I did. I did. So we, like Andre and I met freshman year of, of college, Andre Haeckel, mm-hmm. and we were running a podcast at the time. And that was just for fun. I was still very committed to school and getting a job. But then slowly we, well, he always knew he wanted to be a business owner. That's just how he's always been. But for me, it was like a slow buildup of, you know, this might work, this might work. And then COVID hit. And that was when we really went all in on, you know, all right, let's just really focus on building a business because internships weren't a thing. The world shut down. No one was really working. People were working remote, but not really working. And then by the time senior year came around, I was like, okay, this could really be something. Let me go all in on it. And I had a semester left when we realized that it could really be something that would benefit, like be a real opportunity long-term full-time after college. So I was like, I have a semester to go. I'm not really paying a lot to go to school at the state school I'm at. You know, I just decided to finish the semester out and get my little piece of paper just to say I did it and just to have it under my belt. And yeah, to be honest, like my last semester, I would sit in my classes and, you know, just work on my business, like what you said, and pretend to take notes and skate by with a B minus and basically get on out of there. Like I was taking a marketing class senior year. I was taking a marketing class and I would be working on my marketing agency, look up at the lecture see the professor, you know, talking about like customer surveys and paper surveys. And I'm like, this is, this right. isn't marketing and just get back to target my market, actual work. Right? I know yeah. the definition of a target market. <laughs> yeah. Surveys. Man. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. It's really low level, very elementary material that they're teaching. In yeah. Those types of business classes, marketing. It's pretty crazy. Like it's how insane. the how the marketing curriculum in college hasn't evolved like since 1985. I don't really understand that, but I know. (laughs) Yeah. It's always like, it's probably always at any given point, especially with the way college is structured and run now, like any, any subject that's being taught is at least 10 years behind at any given point. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, we could talk about college a lot. So you decided at a certain (laughs) point, you started to realize slowly but surely oh like entrepreneurship is a thing that can happen that i can do and can do full time and started to realize that towards the end of your time in college sounds like and then from there Mm -hmm. you graduate and that was probably what by my math is that 2021 or something yep right at the end of 2021 so about a year and five months ago at this point Mm -hmm. so it was winter 2021 so december and then January 2022, we all moved down to Florida. So it was a pretty quick transition from school, you know, living in an apartment with my college friends where, to moving where did down. You guys go? go ahead. You, you and Andre went to the same college, right? Yeah. And where was that? That's a state school in New York. It's called Binghamton University. Not many people from out of New York know about it, but if you're from upstate Long Island, New York City, you've probably probably heard of it. Yeah, it was, it was a good school. They call it the public Ivy League. That's their claim to fame. Like it's the best education outside of an Ivy League you can get in New York. Yeah, it was it was a good time. But so glad to be knowing. Yeah. So funny enough, we were. It was like back to the five years ago thing. I was joining like Facebook groups to try to find a roommate, 
just like those class of 2022 Facebook groups where you kind of meet some people that you're going to be going to school with. And I don't know exactly how, but I ended up meeting up or linking up with Andre, just Instagram or met him on the Facebook group, followed each other on Instagram. He's like, oh, here's my interests. I'm like, here's what I'm interested in. He's like, I'm from Binghamton. I'm probably not even going to live in a dorm, whatever. We just kind of let it let it go. We didn't really talk after that. So I, was, did, I didn't think anything of it. It was just some kid I met in the Facebook group. And then funny enough, he over the summer before school, he posted something like, want to make money from your phone? Swipe up. And I was like, I have a shitty part-time job going into college. Let me swipe up. And we connected over that. It was actually like a Forex. <laughs> it's like a Forex trading wow. group. And I was like, it was like the worst business opportunity ever. But what is the we deal? connected over that. I always, I always was looking at those with a skeptical eye, like, but I never really yeah. knew why exactly. What, what was the deal with this? I mean, you can make money trading Forex just like stocks or crypto. It's just like any other trading opportunity. But the it gets a bad rap because it's like multi-level marketing where you can get paid to get people to sign up for Forex under you. So it's like more or less a pyramid scheme, right? Where So Andre got um, you in there? Yeah, I was like under him. So he was like making commission off me. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, the Forex was like miserable. I sucked at it. I didn't have any interest in it. I was just like tr- forcing myself to trade and I lost like a couple hundred bucks, which at that time was a lot of money for me because I was a broke high school kid. But, but yeah, we connected off of that and then... Once we all, we both got to, well, he lived in the town our college was in, but once I got out there, we kind of just met up in person, you know, connected a little bit. And then he's like, you want to start a podcast together? And I was like, sure, let's do it. And then we started that and just, you know, ran that for two years, I think, leading up to COVID and then transitioned it to an agency. And long story short, here we are, basically. Sweet, man. And he like, I mean, you guys obviously hit it relatively early and now people are especially in the agency space people are hitting it earlier and earlier i mean there's 14 year olds in the agency space now that that are yeah that can do quite well i i met one in the past week it's actually pretty crazy you probably it is as well maybe but anyway yeah you do I, I you may you may you may he's actually thinking of joining client essential we can talk offline about him a little bit later but anyway <laughs> yeah that's seriously. crazy dude. <laughs> no, joking at 14, I was like wondering when my friends were online for Xbox, dude. That's wild. Yeah, totally. So you guys hit it relatively early, relatively, I say. What were like, were there any trials and tribulations and really like down, dark moments along the way where you kind of doubted if you could? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. So we started our agency. What was it? 2020 late like september 2021 and we didn't get paid a single cent until november 2022 mm. or no wait 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 sorry 20 we started our agency 20 we started our agency late 2020 started our agency late 2020 didn't get paid until late 2021 so we spent a whole year working away at this thing without paying ourselves a single dollar of profit so yeah i mean going over a year without getting paid and not even knowing if it was going to work out long-term was definitely, you know, not, it it wasn't really demotivating because we all believed in ourselves and knew if we kept working at it, it would work out, but it was definitely 
hard at times to say, you know, oh, is this actually going to work? I'm about to be graduating college. I need to find a job if this doesn't work. Like just kind of managing that in the back of your mind, like, hey, you know, if this doesn't work out by the time I'm ready to graduate, I might need to cut ties and go get a job, which was for whatever reason, I've always just believed that it was going to work. So I didn't even stress about it, but it was always a thought in the back of my mind. And then there was a point where before we even knew about cold email, we were running like a coaching offer where we helped coaches make a coaching program. So like they would hire us to build out their program, build out the modules, build out the community. And we had no experience in it at the time. So we invested like all the money we invested up front into our initial agency. We burned on ads basically. And we were almost out of, (laughs) yeah, we were almost out of ad spend. Yep. Almost out of ad spend, discovered cold email, started offering that as a service. And that's where it really, really, really turned around for us. And we actually saw a path forward of like, this is a scalable operation instead of blindly sending out Facebook ads and hoping that something stuck. So yeah, it was definitely a few points along the way where I wasn't totally sure if it was going to work. But then again, I was never really stressed out or worried about it just because I knew that in the back of my mind, I guess somehow that it was going to work. Right. Yeah. Hopefully that makes, that makes sense. Very hypothetical (laughs) type question here. Do you think if your mind, your frame of mind was the opposite, you were kind of panicky and a little nervous about this not working out. Do you think that that would have changed things or no? Hard to know. Hard to know, but I would say probably just because we acting out of desperation always leads to bad things when you're, you know, if you have a month to make this work, yeah, it's going to make you work hard and bring you a sense of urgency, but it can also lead to desperation on sales calls, you know, improper decisions with ad spend and just blowing all of your money. So I definitely think that if it was like a down to the wire type deal where it's like, if this doesn't work by December 1st, I have to go get a job and it's November 10th, then yeah, it would have been a lot harder to find the success that we found, I would say. Non-neediness makes things easier. And when things get easier, they only get easier and easier and easier. Yep. Especially from like a sales perspective. 100%. Yeah, I've never taken a sales call in my life. But I remember, you know, when Dan was taking our initial sales calls with people on the original offer. And it's like, we just spent 300 hours to acquire this call. Um, There was definitely more of a a sense of desperation to close the deal as opposed to now where it's like, you know, we're willing to turn away someone who's not really a fit for us just because there's an abundance of, of calls. And we know that this isn't the, the last option to sign somebody. Right. So what would you say, as I would call the L's are, what L's did you take or learn rather L as in lesson? What were some of the L's you picked up during that period of time where you were kind of, you guys were kind of flailing, so to say. I would say the biggest lesson is sell something that people actually want to buy. Because in our minds, we had the coaching offer and we thought, yeah, any person who has the skill or the ability to monetize their knowledge is going to want to pay us to do it for them. And that was our hypothesis. And we quickly realized through a lack of calls booked, a lack of closed deals, that it wasn't a super attractive offer because we didn't make any sales besides like one fluke of a sale I think we made. So obviously people didn't really want what we had to sell. So we had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, you know, 
we can have this hypothesis all day long, but if no one wants it, it's not going to make us any money. So we had to basically reevaluate our entire business and pivot over to cold email and generating leads for people and selling something that people actually wanted to buy, which was, you know, sales calls on their calendar. So that was the biggest lesson is don't bring something to market and put a ton of money behind it just because you think it'll work. Do something that you actually know is going to work. And you can do that by looking at the marketplace and seeing, okay, people are already paying, you know, TikTok agencies, email marketing agencies, lead gen agencies to do this for them. So it's a validated offer and I can do it as well, as opposed to, you know, inventing something out of thin air and thinking, oh yeah, people definitely need this. Let me, let me try to bring it to the market. Yeah. I think he, I think it was you, Christian, you had a good tweet last night that kind of boiled down success in our space, which is, again, I think this was you, but basically like good offer, solid guarantee. Yeah. Like, is that kind of, is that, is that basically it? Like what else would you say? If any? I wouldn't say that's the, the only thing I think strong personal branding paired with a good offer is the recipe because, you know, you can, generate calls all day long for an offer and it's going to get you you're going to you're going to get on sales calls but i think that the biggest issue with closing deals if people don't know who you are and it's all cold prospects is you're relying fully on your offer and your guarantee where people don't know you yet they don't trust you they're hesitant to give you their money but if you have a strong personal brand and someone's been following you on twitter for three six nine twelve months and they see your personality they see your threads on your expertise they see your results they already know and trust you. They're going to get on the call and be like, yeah, let's rock, right? They're going to be ready to pay you. And that's when you don't have to fall back as hard on a strong offer and a strong guarantee because they already know that you can deliver great results and they already like you. So I would say on the front end, really, really, really put some emphasis into building a personal brand because once you get on the sales call with people that come from your personal brand, it's going to be a lot easier to close them. With that being said, I think you still need to have that strong offer on the back end where it's like, you're not commoditizing yourself with other agencies. You're not, you know, pricing people out because your retainer is too high. Like if you really want, I just put out a tweet about this, actually, you really want your offer to be incentive aligned. And what I mean by that is you want people to get on the phone and you, you pitch them your offer. The offer obviously makes sense for you because you're pitching it, right? It's not like you're completely sacrificing profit and margin just to close a deal. But on the other side, the person you're on the phone with is like, yeah, this offer makes way too much sense for me to say, no, let's sign up, right? Like there's no sure. thought involved. And how do you, so how do you arrive at an offer like this? It's, you know, performance-based paper result, commission, yep. you know, rev share, yeah, profit share, it. things like that. Yeah, yeah. How would you... And we act... Yeah, go ahead. How would you do such a thing? Like if it's not a lead generation agency or a marketing agency, like for example... You know, we have no guarantee. I've never really thought about offering a guarantee. Don't necessarily need one. We've got a good body of work. However, yeah, we basically do, if you want to boil it down, it's systems done for you. So systems in a box mm-hmm. for agencies. It's not really like yep. is something that's directly, directly tied to revenue. You know, having the right systems in place six to 12 months down the line and beyond. Yeah can help you have that helps you have that foundation from which you can then yep. stack revenue and not like go crazy and have your first hundred thousand dollar months. 
but it's not, again, you get it. It's not a direct cause yep. effect type thing, the way knowledge X is hundred percent. I get it. And there's a lot of businesses like that. I just use that as an example. How would you think about it for a business like that? And I think by the way, client ascension is a good example to give you a hint. Yeah. So basically how to frame an offer to make it more incentive aligned. Yeah. Like, like a no like brainer is what you're. Yeah. That's more to make it more incentive aligned. And it's really easy. My point is it's really, really easy to do that. I think for lead generation agencies, pay, yeah. know, ad agencies, stuff like that, but for something or short form agencies even. Or yeah. Yeah. Anything stuff, the traditional marketing agencies, how would you do it for something that's not directly? So I, yeah, I would probably, I, I think the way I would do it for an offer like this is set up like deliverables where it's like, okay, you pay X amount upfront to get the project started, to get our team rolling. And then once we hit deliverable one, where, I don't know, you build out all of the SOPs, that's when an invoice hits. And then you build out all the automations. That's when you invoice them again. Then the project's done, you invoice them the final amount. So now it's like, instead of collecting everything upfront and just front loading everything, where the prospect's like, oh, how do I know you won't just take my money and run? How do I know that you're going to do good work? Instead, you collect an upfront fee to get the the ball rolling. And then every single time you hit a major milestone, you collect more and more of the invoice, right? So the prospect knows that it's in your best interest as the agency owner to give to... Oops. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. I was going to say it's in your best interest to do good work because you're only getting paid once they approve of a deliverable, right? So if they're not happy with the system you built, they're, they're not going to pay you because you agreed that you get paid per deliverable completed. And they know that you're going to you know, complete the project as you said you would on the sales call because you don't collect 100% of that fee until it's done, right? So I think that's how I would do it for an offer where it's not directly tied to revenue and it's more so the actual deliverables that are the value, right? Like you're not with a lead gen offer, the value is the return on investment by getting them closed deals with the systems offer that you have. Yeah. Like the value is the time saved, but that's a lot harder to, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it where it's a little bit harder to pitch on the call. Like, Hey, you're going to save 10 hours a week on fulfillment. Like people can't really visualize that, but they can visualize, Hey, you know, this entire your entire process is going to have SOPs built out that you can hand off to an employee. You're going to have all these automations. You're going to have this really nice ClickUp dashboard or Airtable built out so you can just easily access all of your client campaigns and stats. And I think if you space out the the payment collection over the course of that entire project, it's going to be easier for someone to say, yeah, let's do it and let's get started, right? Yeah. So Okay. So we, we kind of do something my like that already, actually. It's paid out over 10 months. So nice. It's super, yep. super easy for companies to say yes from a cash flow perspective. Really easy to just sign on the dotted line because the cash flow hit is very minimal. So, anyhow, yeah, I'm glad that I'm actually kind of un- I'm, I'm already following Christian's advice. <laughs> Love cool, it, man. Yeah, I, I want to go back to what you were saying earlier about you know we were kind of boiling success in our space down to a few things. And you actually threw into the mix having a good personal brand, which does wonders. This is going to sound like a very unrelated question, but in my mind it is related. And that's how do you think about your next few years, your next 
decade or two in business in terms of like selling companies. Do you guys have the, you don't have, you can share as much or as little as you like here, but do you and the partners ever talk about selling companies one day? Yeah, we don't necessarily talk about it a lot just because I don't think our current business models are, the current business models we have are more positioned for cash flow as opposed to an exit. But we are, you know, the goal is to, of course, have that massive software exit and, you know, cash in. And I think we, the goal there is to do that with our software list kit, but exactly. we're still in very early stages of list kit and it's still being built and the software is still being developed. So I think the main focus there is just bringing it to market and generating, you know, monthly revenue. And the exit is just so far down the line that we're not even talking about it yet. But yeah, I mean, it's all in the back of our minds that that is the the end goal of, of business, right? Is to have that exit. Yeah. So definitely a goal, but not something we talk about a lot. Right now, little testimonial for you. I have a new SDR as of the past couple of months. And the first list that I had him tackle was a a list kit list. They booked a ton of appointments from it. And every other list that I've given him since then, which are not list kit lists, he's booked only like one or two appointments. Damn. He's like, man, that list kit list. Glad to hear. Was the best. That was (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you guys. guys No, appreciate it, man. A lot of good businesses doing a lot of good work, man. Yeah. Yeah. List kit's super exciting because, you know, we, pro- the whole selling point with list kit is we verify all the leads for you. So hopefully it wasn't a random variance that you book so many with our list. Hopefully it was the fact that all of our emails are verified and we clean the list and we're only giving you, you know, manually like emails that are actually deliverable phone numbers, LinkedIn URLs. So that's very exciting. But yeah, the, the goal of, of list kit is to take it from a, like a service where we build the list for you and do all the cleaning for you and all that and turning it into a self-serve software where you can actually log on to a tool similar to Apollo or Zoom Info or Uplead and build a list of prospects on your own and get that list straight to your email and have the emails already verified and ready to go just like you would with our service, but without us even needing to you know step in and do it for you. So Sweet. So to wrap up here, Christian, good conversation today. What would you say are like one or two or even three, however many you feel you've got in you right now, golden rules of business, life, anything you, that you embody? Okay. So number one, live live life on your own terms. And what I mean by that is don't follow the advice of things you read on Twitter or read on YouTube or influence from outside people. Like figure out what you value in life, whether that's money, freedom, experiences, family, materials, maybe you value buying things. I don't know. Some people love luxury goods. That's to each their own. Just find out what you really value in life and base your life around that. So if you like working 12 hours a day, seven days a week on your business, do that. If you like working hard and then enjoying the weekends to do whatever you want and you know, enjoy hobbies and hang out with friends, do that. So I would say number one, you know, guide your guiding compass should be doing what you value most in life instead of listening to what other people have to say and say that you should do, because at the end of the day, it's all up to personal preference and what you actually want to do with your life. So I think you should live life on your own terms. Number two, value prioritize relationships and people over money. And what I mean by that is don't try to transact a relationship and, you know, just talk to people for the money and the the business deal and the sale. 
like make genuine connections, connect with people, make friends with them, you know, make really strong connections because number one, I think connections and making or having a strong circle around you is far more important and more enjoyable than money anyways, because you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have friends and family to enjoy it with, it's not going to be as enjoyable and it's not going to be worth it. I've talked to, you know, a billionaire on our podcast before, and he said his biggest regret was sacrificing family for money. And then on the other end, you're actually going to make more money once you have these connections in place, because they're going to refer you business and they're going to be happy to pay you for your work, right? Because once you have people that know and like and trust you for who, who you are, they're more than happy to send you business and transact that way, right? So sure. prioritize relationships over over money. And then the third thing is like be in it for the long game, right? So instead of worrying about, oh, this person's way ahead of me, they're light years ahead of me, they're 10x my business. They've probably been at it for five years and you've been at it for six months. So yeah, no, no kidding. They're going to have a bigger business than you. And I think if you just work on, you know, put yourself in the lens of what can I accomplish in one to five to 10 years instead of six months, you're much better off because you're not going to be, you know, stressed and rushed to get results and really level up your business. You're going to be able to say, yeah, you know, I can get so much done in a year. I can't get that much done in one day or one week. So let me just take it one day at a time, progress, 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 grow my business. And then I'll look back in a year and be like, I five X my revenue this year and it didn't even feel like, you know, much has changed. So live in the lens of playing long-term because, you know, you can accomplish way more in a year than you think and you can accomplish way less in a day than you think. Right. I hope that makes sense. I think that's the quote. (laughs) I think that last one's pretty relevant in that a lot, there's a lot of new agency owners, new business owners springing up. It's kind of been, really accelerated hit critical mass in 2022 2023 yep like it's it's insane i didn't see this coming but you started what when did you start three years ago three years ago probably three years years ago ago. a lot of the people that we know started three four five six years ago because we've been in this space for multiple years it's easy yep for the people who started in you know late 2022 and and now here we are in may June, middle of 2023 and like, oh shit, it's not working. I'm not making that much money. It's like easy to want to give up. But you at this same point, you five, six months in, like you weren't really making any money either. A lot of us weren't. So it's like, did you fail or did you just not stick with it long enough to see it through and make it work? Yep. If it's only been five or six or even 12 months, like you got a lot more game ahead of you. Play the long game as Christian would say. 100%. Totally agree, bro. Thanks for being here, man. You're the man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of Building Freedom. My only hope for this podcast, my aim is that this inspires you to build a freer, fuller life, one where you're not enslaved by a business, whether that be your business or any other business, whether you're a business owner or self-employed. The aim of this show is to help you build a freer, fuller life. And there are many ways to do that. And that's what we showcase on this show each week. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be well.